Uh, hi, Paul. Hello, Janina. How are you today? I'm uh, really, really happy because I'm I'm sat here at home again, still yeah. looking out the window at the grey uh, Stockholm skies. So uh, yeah. it's a uh, you know it, it's a really happy day here today in Stockholm. <laughs> and, uh, Going into November now, it's November 2020. There is uh, there's been an election. We're not going to talk about that, but it's like in everyone's. Uh, in in the back of everyone's mind uh, and uh, it's the great times of Stockholm Sweden we're now going into the rainy period where it's dark becomes dark at four o'clock and yeah we don't see much light at all but uh, but Janina it's only about six weeks before the days start getting longer again <laughs> such an optimist Paul always the optimist oh, yeah what are we Absolutely. talking about today well, I thought just for a change, we might talk about 5G. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we never do that. But yeah, how let's, about let's a, try the... a different uh, flavor of 5G, Paul? Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. We could talk about Cloud Run. Yes. <laughs> what, is this, what does this have to do uh, with uh, 5G? Uh, what does Cloud Run have to do with 5G? Well, well first of all, um, RAN. And, mm. and and maybe we'll talk some more about RAN in, in a minute. But uh, cloud uh, cloud RAN RAN is the access part of the network, so that's the bit that that talks to your radios. Um, and uh, traditionally, that's been lots of hardware boxes. And uh, what uh, what we want to do going forward in the networks is to move a lot of the functionality away from the boxes and the uh, the stuff mounted on the masts and put it into um, data centers and um, uh, normal computers. Yeah. Um, and uh, why do we want reasons, to do that? <laughs> one of the reasons you want to do that is because it gives you a lot more flexibility into in how you connect things, um, and both in terms of the how you connect together your mobile network. But once you've got stuff in data centers, you can put other things in data centers, um, and you can use them for uh, edge applications, either for the network or for the for enterprises, for instance. Um, so that that whole shift to a more flexible approach um, is totally in line with, with the thinking around 5G in terms of 5G being uh, an enabler for doing things for enterprises. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think that uh, it's a big it, it's a big and important stepping stone in moving 5G uh, to fulfilling its capabilities in terms of, of doing stuff for enterprises. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they talk about it uh, you, know, you know having um, efficiency benefits in maybe being because in a in a data center to pool workloads so instead of having a dedicated computer here and that does some stuff that's only 60 percent loaded and another one over there that's only 60 percent loaded i can have uh i can have one processor that's 120 percent loaded that doesn't quite <laughs> work but <laughs> but but you can see if you know if if, if i you know if i've now got to you know six seven hundred nodes then uh, you know then then maybe i can see some benefits in in not having to provide six or seven hundred separate computers if i can do everything compressed down into into a data center instead mm-hmm. when when so, you say uh, the the benefits uh, uh, like that yes there are benefits for sort of like the network i guess but mm-hmm. can you quickly brief us on what's the benefit for a company like Ericsson we are a very 
we're, we have a long tradition of, of having networks sort of like end-to-end, -end, providing all the hardware for a network. What is the benefit here for, for a company like Ericsson? Yeah, I, I, I think the benefit is, is and, and, um, maybe philosophically speaking, you know, the, 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 the value in what we bring to CSPs and ultimately to, to, to users, that's, that's in the functionality we provide. And today, functionality, a lot of it comes from software. So the fact that you can, you know, the fact that you can produce that software and put it somewhere else, it doesn't have to be tied to the hardware. And if we can, you know, there's, there's some hardware like the things we do in antennas and, and, and you know, that that is very specific and dedicated and, and needs to be there. But if I can do the processing somewhere else in a processor, then uh, a general purpose processor, then you know, the f I'm still providing the functionality and I'm still providing the value. And uh, obviously, the more flexible and the better solutions we can provide to our customers, the more value we bring to them and the more successful we can be. Yeah, and I guess we can, uh, if, if people want to hear more about the, the software functionalities of 5G, they can... Uh, uh, they can listen to our uh, episode about the soft 5G, <laughs> which was uh, episode uh, episode 56. Is there any topics we haven't talked about on 5G? <laughs> no. no yeah. Oh, yeah, we still have a lot. Oh, yes. yes, we have uh, new uh, exciting topics coming up. I have at least two bookings say, and uh, more, more 5G content to come, more aspects of 5G. Yeah, on the on the podcast today, we will dive deep into the area of uh, cloudifying or virtualizing the radio access network. And we have two uh, people from our Cloud RAN team joining us later. So you will get much more information about this area and why it's uh, interesting to move things to the cloud. Yep. And, and you get uh, to talk to some, to some experts that know the, what they're talking about instead of listening to me. Yes. <laughs> Paul, you're my expert. <laughs> but first, um, uh, let's let's uh, go through any news that we have uh, that we want to discuss, Paul. Some news. Yeah, yeah. chipsets. Oh, oh, chipsets. Yes, mm. chips with everything. <laughs> uh, I, saw, I saw an interesting piece that MediaTek have announced uh, some new chips, and uh, obviously, if, as, as everyone knows, chips are the, at the heart of what happens. Uh, and here we're talking consumer devices, so we're at the, at the heart of what's happening in uh, phones, in particular. Uh, and the objective, you know, their target with these chips is to bring down the cost of smartphones. Uh, and the article I was reading was saying that they expect the the, the base price for a 5G smartphone could go around down to around uh, $300. I think they're talking about the base price at the moment being about $375. Uh, so not an insignificant drop in the price there. Uh, but the other thing that they're, they're introducing is also chips that are focused on uh, low-cost Chromebooks. So that's actually being able to have uh, uh, 5G connected uh, laptops if you if you like so yeah. that's in interesting well, which we mentioned before that that used that was sort of like one of the things that would suppose were supposed to come with 4g but uh, never really showed up and now never it really might showed be, up. yeah but now it might be a reality I, I, per 
I personally think that uh, you know the opportunity to be able to use eSIMs, so that's uh, not required to have a SIM card in your in your laptop, could be one of the things that actually makes it uh, opens the door and makes it easier to to take on board. Yeah. And, and of course, these days, I mean, you can you can buy tablets which are designed to to run with a SIM card in, but these but laptops have been a bit slower in taking that path. But I think if you can do away with a physical SIM card, that could actually make a change. Mm. And then you have to have uh, subscriptions from operators that are attractive. Um, mm. like, can I can I please have a subscription that offers me both a you know, SIM card for my tablet and a SIM card for my phone? Because mm. I'm not going to ring on them both at the same time. Um, so that's cool. What else have we got? We, we must have some yeah, some, uh, some local uh, news. Some oh, local news. Yeah. This is uh, 5G in Stockholm. Yeah. Uh, the Unfortunately, the 5G spectrum auctions were halted. Uh, that was the news from Sweden. So we still have to wait some more for the legal proceedings around the 5G auctions, unfortunately. But uh, we have some good news from uh, our Baltic neighbors, right, Paul? Uh, we do, yeah. Uh, I think we talked on the podcast recently about uh, um, Telia uh, rolling out 5G uh, in the in the Baltics, uh, and Ericsson had done a deal with Telia to, as a partner there to to support them in in that. Uh, and uh, we we said uh, things were going ahead in Estonia. Estonia has now gone live with 5G. So so. Uh, uh, if if you're familiar with Estonia, and I'm sure a lot of the people around the world know the name, but maybe don't know very much about it, it's a fairly small country with a f with with not a huge population. So we can see a fairly quick rollout there to bring 5G to Estonia. Um, uh, but also at the same time, uh, we've signed up to support Telia also in uh, taking 5G into Lithuania. Um, yeah. So uh, more of the Baltic turning 5G. Mm. Um, but uh, I think we've got some, also got some news from around the other side of the world in China. We've talked before about uh, standalone networks. Um, China, I saw that um, uh, China Unicom and China Telecom now are going, uh, bringing on stream uh, standalone 5G. We have 5G uh, access network and a 5G core. Uh, and that's kind of uh, where you need to be if you want a low latency network and you want to be doing a large degree of, of network slicing. So very good there for, for instance, for, for private network applications. Yeah. Uh, they, they're they're uh, going ahead jointly with that. And um, I think they're using 200 megahertz of spectrum in the three point something gigahertz band. So kind of high mid band. Mm. Um, so yeah. that's really cool. Um, yeah. And of uh, course, um, China is a big, big market. Um, so you know that's uh, that'll see a big stimulus then for for devices that uh, support uh, um, standalone, but particularly around those bands. So that was cool. Um, yeah, and uh, it's it's amazing to see uh, China is uh, sort of like uh, yeah they are they are in the forefront of five uh, G uh, usage uh, at the moment. So it's. Uh, uh, it's a it's a big country and uh, they are they have a lot of uh, smartphone users using 5G. They do. Um, mm. I mean it's uh, I mean I'm totally blown away really in terms of the scale of things that happen in China, particularly around uh, networks. Uh, 4G networks. You know, maybe more than half of the base stations in the world are installed in China. So we can wow. expect to see a lot of progress there in yeah. uh, in in 5G as well. 
Yeah, fantastic. And then, I mean, I just wanted to also then <laughs> mention that uh, we have some new statistics uh, when it comes to the uptake of, uh, of 5G. Uh, we had, um, uh, Ericsson had uh, capital market days this week and uh, our head of our business area, the networks area, uh, or my <laughs> my business there, uh, was speaking there and he had some in- interesting 5G uh, statistics uh, to share. One thing was 5G being a lot faster than the, the rollout of, of 4G, which happened then 10 years ago. Uh, but just the, the number of uh, users, the number of phones coming out much, much faster this time than 4G. And also something nice for Ericsson, is that we seem to have uh, six, our, our products are used in 69 out of 112 5G networks over the world, which means that we have uh, 62% of the 5G networks have Ericsson equipment in them. Isn't that nice news for us, Paul? Uh, that's excellent news. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ericsson I, I being it, in the forefront as well. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's obviously nice to hear that uh, countries around the world have been listening to the podcast and realizing yes. what a great thing 5G is uh, yes. and uh, and uh, and uh, getting on the bandwagon. Yeah. Uh, but now we need to uh, wrap things up and go over to talk about the cloud run for 5G. What is it and what impact will it have? Yeah. And I'm going to go back and look out the window at the clouds. <laughs> In today's uh, The Voice of 5G, we have two guests. Uh, uh, with us uh, from far distances, we have today uh, Eric Parsons. You are head of product development unit Cloud Ran, and you're based in Ottawa. Hi, Eric. Hi, Janina. I'm very happy to be here uh, <laughs> for this uh, podcast. Happy to have you. And we also have uh, Gabriel Foglander. You are strategic product manager for Cloud Ran. And you are here in Stockholm, Sweden. Hi, Gabriel. Hi, Janino. Hi, Hi Gabriel. I'm, I'm detecting a, a theme here, Janino. Yes, I think so. It was quite obvious that we have uh, some Cloud RAN people here in the podcast today. Cloud RAN. Uh, yeah, we love our uh, tri-acronyms. Tri-acronyms. Uh, here at Ericsson, uh, can you, uh, Eric, start off uh, Cloud Run, what what is that? Yeah, well, Cloud Run. How about if we just uh, unwind a little bit and start talking about what five G is, uh, <laughs> just quickly, and, uh, and then talk about what yeah. a run is, uh, because exactly. I think we need to put a bit of context around what uh, what we're talking about here. Sure. We need to walk before we can run. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah very good, Paul. Um, so, so uh, a network, a five G network, it's composed of many different elements. Uh, but the two elements that we often talk about are are what we call a core, uh, which um, you know provides some 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 higher level. Uh, internet uh, connectivity services, if you want, and then we have 
what's called the radio access network. And the radio access network is, is what actually power some of the antennas that you might see on different masts or, or perhaps even in your building. And that radio access network is what we're talking about here. Yeah, and the, that's the part that talks to your phone, basically. That is exactly the part that uh, that talks to your phone and 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 gives you the the, the great speeds that you currently see and the, and the the experience that you get uh, wherever you are now. Um, you get great uh, connectivity. Mm. And when we talk about the core, we it's been a lot of talk about virtualization and and putting things into the cloud in the core side for a long time. But is it also then now starting to be talked about in the uh, radio access side? Yes, exactly. So mm. we've we've built been building networks for many years at Ericsson. Uh, for the longest time, this has been on 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 hardware that's designed specifically for well, first the core as well as the the access network. Uh, but as you say, Janina, uh, the, the, the core has started migrating already some time ago to being using to using uh, servers that, uh, that that you can more readily buy from 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 multiple different uh, vendors, let's say mm-hmm. HP or Dell. And, and that has taken uh, that, that, that hasn't been the case for for radio access network parts because it is so real time and so so such has such high compute uh, requirements. But uh, but yeah, here we are. Uh, we're now seeing the starts of uh, a radio access network running on the same types of systems uh, that that the core has you know started uh, considering you know a couple of years ago. Uh, and when you say um, compute, are you meaning like low latency? Is that the, the 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 thing that needs to be speedy? Yes, exactly. Because uh-huh. when you when you talk to your cell phones, hmm? it's really fast and very the the time that you need in order to uh, to to process the signals that come over the air. Uh, from your phone to the network and, and from the network to your phone, that is r- what we call real time. And that real time processing has always been done with very specialized hardware. Mm. But now the hardware that you can get uh, is starting to show the possibility of doing the same thing and being mm. able to communicate with the phone in the same way uh, that that we have um, with 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 the hardware that that we've been developing uh, in the past so this is uh, I mean to to perhaps uh, try and explain it it's this is like something that's been going on for a very very long time we I mean from from the start we started off with having sort of like a, a mechanical telephone exchange tele- telephone exchanges yeah and now we're moving more and more into sort of like it's more and more software based right exactly so like you know you would think you would never imagine uh, running a, what would come back to the radio access network the thing that powers the antennas that talk mm-hmm. to your phone you would never have thought of putting that on a pc that you might have in your home but that's mm-hmm. what we're talking about Wow. We're talking about, you know, instead of going and and buying that the highly specialized equipment, the same similar type of heart of of uh, of um, of system that you you might put in your home, 
can run the software now that powers these antennas that talk to your phones. Mm. That's a really, really good explanation uh, to begin with. Uh, so perhaps we could go over to Gabriel and ask him, but why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why indeed? I mean, yeah. so I mean, obviously, as, as Eric mentioned, these these uh, special uh, devices or, or computer equipment that we have built uh, over many, many generations and have designed to be really, you know, power efficient, really capable of translating these traffic demands in, in, in real time. Uh, and they need to be placed uh, or have been placed traditionally here quite close to the antennas. So that in itself has, has given also some very specific characteristics. They need to be able to withstand the, you know, various temperature ranges and all of that. So I think that is what has also, in addition to the pure compute aspects of it, has, has been kind of driving uh, the specifications. But we do we also see now that there's a bigger trend, not only in like traditional data centers, uh, but also a little bit in, in the telecom in, in industry to have more distributed workloads. And what I mean when I say that, well, basically, if you have a, a highly centralized placement of, of these workloads, uh, I mean, these applications that we run, that means that you need to transport the data back and forth mm. uh, to these applications and all the way to that particular cell tower and all the way to your device. However, if you then would put the 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 instances where you you run these applications closer to uh, actually where the users are, mm. uh, further out in the network, uh, then you can actually have a lot of the traffic can stay uh, at that processing facility or, or a data center that is closer to where users are. And that means that you can uh, eliminate a little bit of the transport of data back and forth in the in the regional network. So there's a balance to be had there. I mean, what we had in the past where you put the processing equipment near the antenna site was very efficient because you could take care of the high intensity processing locally. Mm -hmm. And then you can set a limit, send limited data back to the, to the regional data centers. But when we talk about 5G with all these amazing use cases, you see that you want to bring, you know, new applications and new ways of of accessing, utilizing that connectivity closer to where the users are, and that means that we'll put more compute resources, most likely closer to where users are, and in a way, then we can gain this this magical word that you mentioned here, the latency that the application responds very quickly to how the user interacts with the data. So, if you look at that trend. That is also why it's becoming more interesting to be able to do similar uh, architecture for for the radio, radio access networks technology. And, and maybe these data centers that we describe here could also actually be utilized to, to run uh, these kind of applications as well as the actual radio access network. So that is exciting because then you can actually have some synergies in what type of workloads you put there. It could be applications and it could be even the, the radio access network functionality itself. So you can actually reuse reuse your server hardware, not just to run the 5G network, but to run the, the applications and services that you want to use the 5G network for. Exactly, you can have a, a quite flexible compute platform. Uh, and of course, I mean that there's also advantages of, of what we've had in the past as well, because then you can have something that is very specialized and you know extremely tailored to 
to the actual calculations that you need to do in a radio access network. So we feel that kind of having the opportunity to to combine these two and, and utilize them in a good way is a good complement and, and gives new opportunities to tap into different types of benefits uh, going forward. Yeah, one of one of the things that it always struck me if you look at a if you look at a mobile network, it serves. A, Traditionally, it serves consumers and people move around during the daytime at their office. So, you know, in the evening they might be out socialising, and you know, in the morning and, and late at night they're they're at home. Uh, so, the, you know, the traffic load in the network is moving around. And obviously, if you're going to put um, if you're going to put more of the processing into servers in in uh, where you've collected a lot of need into one place, that that's going to give you the flexibility to actually maybe need less hardware overall to actually to run the servers because you're not placing it right out in the you know in the business park where there isn't anyone in the evening you know that you maybe can share that capacity with uh, uh, the needs of people when they're, when they're at home in the evening instead yeah i think yeah. that i mean there's potential for that but uh, of course that would depend on on kind of that the 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 needs would be to some degree offsetting, right? So so you yeah. don't have peaks at the same time. But as soon as you can have a, a situation where you can capture that in a reasonable geographical distance, uh, there could be this kind of potentials. I think, uh, Eric, I mean, we do have a great example on this that we can describe it in a good way, uh, thinking about like stadium solutions and, and, and these kind of things. What what do you have in mind there? Yeah, so so we have uh, many examples uh, like the the stadium where you know there's there's many different uh, types of applications that might be working, uh, you know, at uh, you know th that might be deployed for a stadium environment and and you can think of you know while the, the while the there's people in the stadium well then all the resources are being allocated to um, you know to those that are in the stadium but then but then when you're, you're there's nobody in the stadium well then you know the, the the needs for the radio access network really go down quite a bit um, and, and the ability to to easily move uh, up workloads if you want uh, from you know across the servers and, and or repurpose uh, the hardware to to different needs is is something that um, you know that, that, that we see the potential of uh, when we talk about uh, this cloud ran um, so we didn't talk much about the cloud part of <laughs> of the ran <laughs> but the the cloud has to do with really the ability to to move with ease uh, where the processing is taking place it's not just about uh, running uh, the the what we traditionally run, you know, on a purpose-built uh, hardware, and 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 move it to a you know a Dell server or or an, or an HP server. It's about having more of a of an environment where the the RAN application can be deployed in 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 different ways across a data center farm, if you want, and 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 really uh, have those workloads shift based on demands. We just talked about the stadium case, but uh, we can also think about bigger events like uh, like what happens if we have a, a Super Bowl or, or another, you know, you know fe festival and, and all of a sudden there needs to be the, the need to purpose uh, more resources to, to handle everybody that's in a particular location in the city and, and be able to re easily repurpose that. So that's where you get that, you know, that flexibility of, of, of workloads that, that exists in the cloud and making sure that you can dedicate enough 
enough resources to um, you know to to the needs of of those types of specific events, whether they're a stadium or whether whether it's a bigger event in the you know in in uh, in a city in a region and whatnot. So basically, it's uh, being able to to reuse the hardware for other purposes. Uh, that's the that's the big strong point for doing the cloud, the cloud or the RAN, uh, but it's not, it's not all of the radio access network that, uh, you, that you're working on uh, virtualizing, right? Oh, well, yes. So there is uh, one piece of the network <laughs> that, that is, that we don't see as virtualizing. And, and that part is, is what we call the the, the radio, uh, the radio and the antenna. Sometimes these two are combined in one, but some, you know, quite often they're separate. Uh, but mm -hmm. that the radio itself. Uh, that, so the mast uh, would would still be there. <laughs> exactly, the mast okay. is still there, and and then nothing the, will the change there. Okay, nothing will change there. But um, but then behind that, it's actually quite impressive what we can um, mm. what we can uh, virtualize. In fact, uh, you know, you know, up. You know everything up to the radio. We are in fact uh, looking to 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 virtualize it, and that means to run it on commercial hardware, uh, mm -hmm. like like hardware that you can use for other purposes, um, mm -hmm. and you can run it in different places. Now, now, now it does mean that we need to figure out how to connect uh, this virtual RAN to the radio that we haven't talked about. Uh, <laughs> Typically, that's been, you know, like we we've had these these connections are very purpose as well. But but as we move to uh, to more common technologies on on how we connect, uh, you know, radio access networks to the radios uh, using Ethernet, something that you probably use at home, something is definitely used, uh, you know, pretty much everywhere. As we start using Ethernet, then it starts becoming possible to connect. Uh, this kind of cloud uh, radio access network to to the radios that we've been you know developing and deployed in 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 the world and 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 and, and in that way bring the benefits of the cloud to radio access networks of today. And uh, I mean now you you have launched the Ericsson's cloud run, but how far away is this? I mean you you haven't launched you haven't put everything in the cloud already now. How do you see this developing within the next few years? Yeah, the, uh, the, the you know developing for the next few years, we expect that you know the tried and true, like the, really the the solutions that we've been deploying for many years, the types of solutions we've been deploying for many years, they remain uh, proven uh, in in you know pretty much all the. The, the most extreme conditions that you can imagine and and we do expect that to continue um, in you know for some time but we are seeing these new use cases for 5g that Gabriel's talking about uh, whether you know that's augmented reality or or, or virtual reality or, or sometimes they're more industri you know industry specific applications um, mm. you know manufacturing or or whatever where where really low latency is required and it's really kind of nice when you can use the same type of of deployment same type of of uh, of, of management solution so that you can take a ran software now and 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 put on the same hardware that everything else is running on in those environments and and those are are are, are in kinds of cases where it's really useful 
to be able to to do that, and 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 we see some you know some some, some real potential for the for that uh, to become some of the more early emerging uh, use cases for 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 this type of solution. And we're really happy uh, to be able to offer you know both uh, to our to our customers, where you can offer them these high performing you know but very purpose built types of solutions. But we can also offer now software based solutions that. And combine really well with other types of applications, and 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 our customers can come to us, you know, for for either one of these solutions, and they can expect, you know, the best uh, that that you know that, that they get when they work with Ericsson. Yeah, a trending word that has been talked about in this area is moving uh, these uh, uh, processes to the to the edge. Is this? Edge computing. <laughs> yeah. So, Gabriel, why don't you take that one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I think yes, as you say. I mean, edge edge is a word uh, that is used in in many different contexts, and and depending on kind of what context you start out, I think you could mean slightly different things. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, me myself, I was in, before joining Ericsson, I was part of a couple of uh, multinationals uh, in industrial companies. Uh, in that in that environment, I think uh, a quite common starting point is that you would need to have, you know, the connectivity in combination with the applications would be on-prem, i.e., at the facility where you are actually working, um, and and that is, I mean, at the very far edge, would someone say, uh, or, or because you, then you can have like uh, the data sovereignty issue that you might want to make sure that all the the data generated by your applications in combination with the co- connectivity, you don't maybe want to share that outside your own premise because it's it's really critical for mm. the processes that you run with. Uh, as Eric Eric touched upon earlier, also I mean, you you might have IT staff that are very used to to run virtualized environments, but maybe less less proficient in managing a radio access network. Uh, however, if if we can deploy uh, around as a software on top of a, a cloud infrastructure that maybe becomes a, a more manageable proposition. And, and certainly we also aim to bring, bringing kind of automation solutions to, to make that quite appealing as well. Uh, so that, that I think is one type of edge deployment. Uh, if you talk generally about edge, it is a little bit, uh, I think, touching upon what I described earlier, the fact that you move um, application workloads closer to uh, where they are consumed but not to the kind of extreme closeness of the location that you would have for for the actual radio tower and the radio antenna. Because, I mean, if you think about it, any given application that are consumed by a lot of people in a different area, uh, similar to what you mentioned, Paul, before here, that you could have some pooling. This is also what one of the, the ideas about edge computing as well, is that if you have, um, um, let's say, a movie then, <laughs> simple explanation, that that can be cached and stored at the edge location and then many people download that without needing to download it all the way from the data center so that is one type of edge uh, mm-hmm. deployment so i think the fact that uh, that many people describe edge in different ways is probably indicative that they come about it from different uh, vantage points uh, so I have yet to come across a very stringent definition of what is an edge site i, I it most often is is described in in relative uh, in relation to something else so it's you know more decentralized than a national data center probably more centralized than uh, a radio antenna or a central office location that we typically talk about in a radio access network context 
but the exact you know reach and 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 and, and coverage of an edge site i think is is hard to nail down actually but it's true but it's the case i think gabriel that um uh, that that one of the benefits that comes with cloud ran uh, for some of those use cases you describe some of those edge use cases you know particularly if we think about um, you know like let's say industry uh, examples uh, you know ha having a uh, a way to to put software on you know and 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 manage it in some way that we manage other software will make it a lot easier for people uh to to be able to access this uh 5g technology so so really puts into the hands i i think of of many more uh players in you know in the across the globe if we talk about you know dedicated networks for example it's we need to make it easier for 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 everybody to to be able to uh, to, to to leverage uh, 5G and and I think this is uh, you know th this uh, it does make that you know um, more easy to to achieve. What do you say? And, and when we're talking about uh, more players uh, getting into and also uh, discussing the 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 buzzwords of today, perhaps we should also do you want to describe how what does Cloud Run have to do with the with with Open Run? Yeah, so I mean, I mean, open run is is so quite widely used terminology to describe uh, an element where you kind of bring in together different vendors to provide uh, a radio access network, uh, and that ah. comes in different shapes and forms. Mm -hmm. uh, so I mean, we we commonly we refer to the definition provided by something called the ORAN Alliance, and they have actually defined an architecture that uh, that describes the you know. The many different open interfaces that they should suggest to to enhance uh, the architecture, and and many of the kind of defining characteristics of of additions to complement you know 3GPP tech, uh, defined architecture and 3GPP is then kind of the normal industry the standard station yeah, body exactly. yeah mm -hmm. no, we've, we've talked about them before ah well, that's great <laughs> so, of so times. in a way you can see that I mean. Uran Alliance is, is uh, I mean, put together mostly through through our customers, and they said these are areas where we would like you to work a little bit uh, more thoroughly on on uh, kind of meeting our expectations. And if you think about then Open Run and to what extent does Cloud Run embrace it, I mean, I think it's fair to say that in most areas we do. We we accommodate here uh, a need to be um, providing um, or tapping into benefits of. Um, the orchestration and automation that we can bring in, uh, in in kind of technology to to have a higher degree of hopefully of, of network automation in the future and, and and kind of taking cloud cloud or web scale technologies and applying them to the radio access network and with the purpose as eric said to make it easier to to make it accessible and so forth uh, and then on top of that i mean the fact that we're talking about deploying uh, our our you know, quite sophisticated uh, radio access network software on top of, uh, you know, commercial off the shelf hardware. That that in a way is also an indication that we're doing something that is, uh, you know, more open in a way. I really look forward to some of the uh, the great, you know, opportunities that, that are emerging with this, uh, this openness. Uh, we're talking about on this, um, you know, the 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 automation and and some of the RAN intelligence that uh, that that are being opened up with our, you know, cloud RAN offering. Um, it's going to 
going to really create uh, the, the the opportunity for innovation. Uh, mm. You know, making things uh, you know just, just so much more tailored uh, to to either you know indiv- you know individual sets of 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 uh, users or or different applications and and, and just you know turn this into a, a much more you know either personalized or 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 specialized type solution that better addresses everybody's needs and um, and gives everybody a much you know much greater offering um, you know that that can be um, brought to to market. Yeah. So I mean, you you see big uh, potential opportunities here for players out there that might not have been uh, to them, like they they are not service providers, but other areas. Uh, exactly. Sure. Uh. Yeah. I mean that uh, these uh, these interfaces that we're talking about they they will be completely open to uh, uh, to, to 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 an ecosystem that goes beyond what the uh, what ecosystem we have today um, around you know doing AI or an ML in order to do RAN intelligence and in order to 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 be able to um, to, to see what you know new potential. Uh, uh, types of of beha- uh, system behaviors, uh, mm-hmm. ultimately behaviors that uh, that that map more closely to what we call business intent. Uh, so instead of doing optimization that says you know what's the fastest you know speed that we can get, like what is the business intent? What is the the the, the an enterprise's um, uh, goal for for a particular service offering, and how can you optimize? That as as uh, as a goal, as opposed to, to to some of the the the, the traditional parameters that we've seen as as the things we optimize uh, up to now. And I think also the the really interesting thing about you know when you take 5G and and extrapolate it across many industries. I mean, we all I, I think as consumers know a lot what we can do about with our smartphones or tablets or or notebooks. But if you extrapolate 5G across many industries, it, it is very clear that kind of untapping those kind of productivity gains that you're looking for, it means that you need to work uh, through a pretty rich ecosystem. I mean, Ericsson, we are, of course, experts in connectivity and, and 5G architecture allows us to create um, kind of quality of service or quality of experience uh, parameters that can you know, be quite precise about the, the actual connectivity profiles that we want to deliver in a particular case. So for instance, if you need a really, really strict positioning service uh, to, to integrate into a manufacturing facility and so forth, you might need to build you know, an ad- additional feature for that. Uh, but on top of that, you probably want to work with, with um, some other uh, innovator in, in the ecosystem and kind of say, oh, well, if I can combine that connectivity feature with this cool new device that I can do that uh, you know, measures the torque in my uh, manufacturing or if I need like a super heavy uplink, uh, I, you know, I'm filming what I'm doing in, in my production facility at the same time in real time. And then I have some analytics to, to and, you know, look for deviations and, and quality parameters in that. All of these things that you need to combine connectivity profiles with something else that provides the innovation spark. And and that will be quite a little bit different across many industries, I believe. So we will see, you know, the need to be able to tailor the connectivity profiles 
uh, with what you're going to solve, the problem that you're going to address or, or the opportunity that you will address. Yeah. And that that is quite uh, fascinating. As, and as Eric says, if we can, you know, through this step, make 5G more accessible across these industries, there's quite a lot of interesting things that we can untap for sure. Mm. Yeah. Well I said, I, Gabriel. Eric, you, <laughs> I think, Eric, you, you, I mean, you're, when you talk about uh, being able to you know, l leverage the information, then, you know, obviously there's information in the network about what's going on uh, and, and where things are. So, and I, I'm thinking here, for instance, in a connected vehicle context, the, the, I've seen talk of uh, being able to do predictive algorithms that say, well, Know, don't try and connect to your telemetry right now because if you wait 30 seconds you'll be in an area which has got better better connectivity and be able to to upload it much quicker uh, with a much lower load on the network that that type of interaction between the service and the network that that doesn't really exist today yeah, that's is that's basically what you're trying to what you're suggesting is the uh, you know the opportunity here yeah, precisely, and and I think that um, you know one of the aspects about the, the the intelligence we're talking about is that it's actually meant to be a a multi-domain um, uh, intelligence and and one that can gather and 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 analyze and and, and really behave across uh, the the the, the, the uh, more than just one single domain at a time, but the multitude of domains, and and that and and that what is, is what uh, can really create, um, you know, so, some of the innovation that we haven't, uh, you know, seen as you know as strongly up to now, and uh, that's what we're, yeah, we're looking forward to. So yes, uh, you know, as you talked about automotive and telemetry, uh, you know, trying to to figure out what uh, what the needs are from, you know, from from the automotive uh, telemetry domain along with um with with what the, the 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 situation is for example on the connectivity side uh, so that it's, so it's done in a smart way uh and you know inc incorporating the different factors uh that go along with that mm. An exciting future there and the cloud run has just uh, launched uh, so <laughs> that's a, I think that's a good uh, conclusion uh, for for people out there. Thank you, Paul, Janina, <laughs> and uh, very good to be here with uh, with uh, Gabriel, my uh, yeah, my colleague uh, Gabriel. Yeah, nice to have you here, Eric and uh, Gabriel. Uh, we look forward to keeping our eyes open on. Uh, the virtualization of the radio access network, uh, as it's uh, also called the uh, Cloud RAM. Uh, and thank you everyone for listening and bye. Bye. Bye bye.